Well, for the last four weeks, we've talked through our community mantras. These are four uh, little pictures or statements or portable prayers that describe the kind of life that we are growing into as a community. These are mantras like fields, not factories, or practices, not performances. And this year, as we've returned to the mantras, uh, the real joy has been to debut some illustrations that accompany those mantras. We commissioned an artist from Portland, Oregon, a guy named Scott Erickson, uh, to create a visual representation of each mantra. And this weekend, uh, Scott is here from Portland, Oregon. He's painted by hand these actual um, like large format canvases in the corner there. I encourage you to check those out afterwards. And Scott's gonna join me and we're gonna talk a little bit about his work. Will you guys please welcome Scott Erickson? <laughs> Woo! Woo! Yeah. You're doing it. <laughs> Welcome, man. Thank you for being here today. Yeah, you're welcome. Scott, tell us, uh, if somebody asks you, like, who are you and what do you do? Yeah, who am I, what I... Uh, <laughs> Maybe not in an existential level. No, but, but when... Uh, yeah, when I... <laughs> well, <laughs> a long time ago. No, I, uh, I tell people I'm a professional artist, which the number one question is, like, how do you make money doing that? And I say, I don't know. <laughs> um, I, so as an artist, you do a lot of little things to make something. So I'm an illustrator, I'm a painter, um, I'm a speaker and a performance artist, uh, and now I'm an author. And so just, I don't know, you kind of stick with it and you got to figure out those things. I'm mostly haunted. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 people are like, why are you an artist? And I'm like, because I'm haunted. Uh, images come to me and they're like, make me. And I'm like, I can't, I'm driving right now. And, and they're like, make me or I'll go away. And I'm like, fine. And I try and pull over and do that. And so uh, I just started saying yes to that rhythm. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I'm invited into the dance with inspiration. And that's, um, I take dictation from the silence. It's really what I do. And that's what I, uh, that's my work. That's strong. I take dictation from the silence? Yeah, it'll be my biography title. That's amazing. Yeah. That's good. Okay, so, um, so uh, your work is infused uh, with a, a very kind of spiritual or even religious sensibility. Yeah. Talk to us about how you think about that and where that comes from in your life. Uh, yeah, I've always grown up in some kind of religious setting, and um, I'm an ecumenical mutt. Like, I grew, what up, do you mean? I grew up Lutheran, <laughs> and I, I feel like at home here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but... You know, I was always a drawer, always doodling, always making things. And I started noting, I had some really great teachers in junior high and high school who really affirmed that in me. And it was probably like l last year of high school afterwards that I, I, I started paying attention that I had a, a particularity that was in me that I needed to pay attention to, not sure where that was going to go. I, I ended up in college being an education major. Um, so I was a teacher, high school teacher for a while, high school art teacher. And, and yet I had this... Um, I went to Bible school after college before I started teaching, and I, in this, like, kind of, it's, it's technically a chateau, but it's like a castle <laughs> in northern England. Like you do. Like you do. <laughs> it, was, it was my own very Hogwarts. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, we had Bible classes all day long and all this stuff, but I would still find myself going into the basement and making things. And I, I just, I remember having this moment where I was like, this is in me, and I need to make space and time for it just because that's, that's what I need to do. And so I, I committed to that. And then a few years into teaching, I, I just had this moment uh, where I remember I was writing on my board in prep period, and I, um, I just stopped, and I was like, I'm being in, 
invited to something. I don't know what it is, but I just know I'm being invited to something. And after a couple months of working that out, I was like, oh, I think if I never try to be an artist, whatever that means, I'll always regret it. Mm -hmm. And so I committed to that. And that was about 14 years ago. And um, I'm, I've been mostly poor, so I'm really, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a, dis, uh, no, it's just saying like, <laughs> when you decide to be an artist, it's not like the universe is like, here's all the cash, you know, so, um, <laughs> it's yes. a vow of poverty, I'm very spiritual, um, no, but it's a, it's been an interesting journey to, yeah. it, it just takes a long time to, you know, you're seeing me, you're seeing work, i Finally, I, we haven't talked about this, but I actually like, I just feel like I'm starting to understand what I want to do. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's taken 14 years to figure that out. Yeah. So, there you go. Um, we've talked before about how um, visual art and Christian faith, depending on what little sliver of Christian faith you've been exposed to, they might seem like a match made in heaven or yeah. they might seem like separate worlds, right? Mm -hmm. Talk to us a little bit about maybe what you were or weren't exposed to growing up and then how you found that uh, visual things like are, have, a, have a deep sense of place in the Christian tradition. Yeah. Um, so I grew up in a, like a Protestant tradition, which we traditionally don't have any imagery. It's, it's, you know, we could have a history lesson, but it's from the Ref Reformation where there's really just kind of like a, we needed to swing the pendulum kind of maybe too far, but uh, what, the, what the church had become was very bloated and grotesque and there needed to be some kind of um, movement from that, but with the invention of the printing press, and there's kind of the solo scriptura, and there's kind of like all we need are the words, and mm -hmm. so the spaces, tech, you know, usually became um, just void of anything except the Bible. Um, whereas, why you go to, if you go to like Catholic churches or cathedrals, if you had a chance, why they're so ornate and there's so much is because most of the, uh, most of the world was illiterate at that time. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, this space is great. In fact, when Jason and I started talking, I looked up this website and I saw this and I was like, yes, because this is forming um, what this all means. But uh, I think a lot of time our Protestant spaces are, are not interesting because we build spaces for a teacher. We don't mm. build spaces as a teacher. And mm. what all these spaces were, were teachers. You didn't need a person in there to teach you because mm. the, the images and the, and the sculptures, they were all speaking to the story of God um, because only the Bible was in Latin and only the priest had it. And, and so when, that, when, it, when the Bible started being able to go out, there was kind of like, we don't need this stuff anymore. Um, but yet Catholics and Orthodox Christians have kept that tradition. And so I found myself just not feeling like I even fit anywhere in Protestantism. And then I found these other traditions. I was like, oh, here's my people and have learned a lot from them and, and kind of have adopted that and then recontextualized it yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah. Let's look at a particular historical example of an image uh, that featured in religious experience. Right? Yeah. So this is Caravaggio? Is that how this you say Caravaggio. it? This is Caravaggio. So in uh, 1499, uh, Caravaggio, so he was this, so this is like Italy, this is Rome. All the art at this time, you've probably seen it, you know, it's like these huge paintings, like a cast of hundreds, like, you know, lots of drapery and pecs and bosoms hanging out and like <laughs> lights coming out of the heads. And it was all this kind of like this ancient world where everybody's in CrossFit, you know what I'm talking about? And like, that's what the artwork was of the time. And Caravaggio was making these kind of like 
kind of awkward and kind of like he made this plate of he did this like plate of fruit and all the food is rotting and that was people are like oh what's this guy so he won this commission from the church is his first church commission and it was supposed to be in this cathedral dedicated to matthew and there's two paintings one was the martyrdom of matthew and then one was the calling of matthew and caravaggio was like i don't know what to do with the martyrdom of matthew because that's a story about a saint and i don't know how to be a saint but the calling of matthew is about a sinner and i know what that's like and so we look at this painting and we just think it, it looks old because they're wearing tights and there's feathers in the hair, mm-hmm. although that came out with fedoras at Urban Outfitters. But, you know, <laughs> it looks old to us. But this is, this is the calling of Matthew. It's like happening in a dive bar in Rome. And so when people yeah. walked into churches, they didn't see a story that was happening long ago. They saw a story that was happening right now. Mm-hmm. And it changed the face of kind of religious art at the time because it, it, people saw themselves. They, they were like, oh, this is something that's happening here, that, that this kind of hidden Jesus with this outstretched hand, that the, it's the light that enters into whatever we're doing and says, I don't need the virtuous for this job. I need scum like you. Come and follow me. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And, that, yeah. and so yep. that, I think when I learned about this and that idea of how do we contextualize these stories, like it's not something that's happening in the past, it's happening right now. Mm. Then I started going, well, what does our artwork look like after a pop revolution, after Andy Warhol, after graffiti, after digital design? And, mm. and because a lot of, look, we give imagery to children, right? You know, there's Jesus. When I, where the church I grew up in, he was from Oslo, Norway, and he had a white robe, blue sash. His cousin was the god Thor. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> and he was doing things with other people with drapery and stuff. And then we don't, show any imagery in like middle school and high school or adulthood but Mm -hmm. that imagery is very forming Mm. and and then we're never given anything else and so i want to i've been my attempt has been to try to create kind of a visual lexicon for our spiritual journey Mm. and uh (laughs) i've been uh we'll talk about our book but it's come out so we've been asked to do a lot of podcasts one guy was like hey, where did you come from? <laughs> like, because uh, I'm looking at your body of work, and I'm like, where's this guy come from? And I was like, yeah, I'm in an interesting category where I don't have a lot of competition, but it's also a category, category that nobody cares about. So I've just kind of <laughs> been silently work, plowing away uh, in obscurity. <laughs> so the Caravaggio, like, what I, what, I've seen this painting before, but I didn't realize until you were teaching us that I didn't even think about the fact that that those people are wearing the kind of things that his contemporaries were wearing then. It'd be like if you were painting today. It's like this is the calling of Matthew at Applebee's. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, that's I was, was going to say this would be at the View <laughs> like Tavern in the East Bank with people in skinny jeans. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that would be the scene, right? Exactly. Which, which is about finding yourself in the story, right? Exactly. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about an example of your art, which okay. is really about finding yourself in a story, right? Yeah. Tell us about this piece. So this is called Forgive Thy Other. It's, uh, I made an original painting called Forgive Thy Brother. And then about eight years after that, I, I made it a little more generic. Um, you're going to have to use your imagination on this part, but um, I come from a family that has some problems. And I know it's hard to relate to, so just, you know, <laughs> use your imagination. And um, somebody in our family did something really hurtful, and I had a, a really hard time even wanting to forgive them and wanting to have a relationship with them. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, you know, I, 
as, as I'm, I'm letting the Bible read me, and I hear Jesus saying, your Father in heaven can't forgive you if you can't forgive others, and I was like, is this like a loophole in grace, you know? If you can't do this, he doesn't do it to you, and I was talking with a friend, and he's like, I don't think it's that at all. I think what it is is um, that the, actually the foundation of the kingdom that God's building is forgiveness. And if you can't forgive, you just can't enter into what he's doing. And so I prayerfully was just like, I need help. I don't know how to think about this. And I was like, can I have an, I need an image. I prayed for an image. And I saw these two brothers embracing, one with arrows in the back and one holding a bow. And so I made this painting. And uh, I, I grew up in Seattle with, with Kurt Cobain, and uh, we weren't buddies, uh, <laughs> but Eddie Vedder and I are. Okay, so we, uh, there's this coffee shop uh, that's a little like punk rock and Ballard, and it's got big walls, and they don't take a cut of profits from art, and they show art all the time. So I love showing there, and so I, I made all these paintings, and this one was in there. I mean, I like a stormtrooper icon and some other like scooters and things like that, I had a bunch of stuff. So there was this art walk one night, and I was there with the t name tag that said, you know, if you want to talk to me, I made all this stuff, and nobody did. But this one guy came up to me, who was like big and in a leather jacket, and he's like, did you make all this stuff? And I was like, yes, sir, I did. And he, uh, he's like, well, I love it. I was like, oh, thanks, man. Uh, do you have a favorite? And he points to the forgiveness one, hmm. and he goes, that's my favorite. Hmm. I was like, oh, why? Why is that your favorite? And he goes, because I get it. And I had this moment where I just realized, I was like, oh, Christianity doesn't own the rights to forgiveness. Like, forgiveness is just a human thing we all have to figure out. Mm. It turns out that, that Christianity speaks to the universal uh, struggle to forgive and says, yeah, this is at the core of a lot of our lives. Mm. Um, and so that was a, a, a great seed in me that said, well, what does it look like to image all these other things like hope and grace, salvation, sovereignty, sanctification? You know, all these terms we use, but we don't have any pictures for it. Um, and what would that look like to develop kind of a, a, a vocabulary for that? Yeah. And that's kind of what I've been experimenting with. Yeah. So, for example, with this image, um, it comes out of a really personal thing for you. Yeah. Family, forgiveness. I'm curious um, what it's like for you to actually be in the act of creating it. Are you, is that a vulnerable process for you? Are you, you know, like as you're drawing or designing, what's that like for you? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, a good, if you're any kind of creator, I'm sure there's a lot of you here. Um, I think one of the, the, uh, the rhythms you have to do is um, you need to let it, you can't invite anybody else to be transformed by your work unless you allow it to transform you first. And so you have to do all that kind of solitude, secret transformation and wrestling before you bring it out to people. And so, um, yeah, most of my work is my own therapy. <laughs> <laughs> I do my own therapy and then it works and I'm like, and then I post it on Instagram, like, hope this works for you. <laughs> um, and, that, and that's really it. But here's the amazing thing is, and, the, and we, you've probably heard this, what's amazing about when you get really specific, it's usually the most universal. Yes. When you yeah. try to be generic, it falters. But when you get really specific, people are like, uh, me too. Right. And I have, like, I have a friend who's a pastor in New York City, and he has a T-shirt of this. You can get it on my website. And he, uh, <laughs> he'll be walking down the street, and somebody will be like, hey, what's that shirt about? You know, like, <laughs> and he's like, oh, what do you think? He's like, I know what it means. You know, he yeah. tells me all these stories that yeah. people will, like, 
confront him and be like, what is that? You know, yeah. that it, because it, here's, because here's what's happening. It's, 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 it's revealing something in you. Uh-huh. Um, a good question to ask visual art or any kind of art is, you know, what does that mean? Uh, but another function of it is, is that it's, what is it pulling out of you? Hmm. Art is an excavation tool. Um, that's why, like, when you're, you know, you're listening to the radio and a song comes on, you're like, oh, this is my song. Mm-hmm. You know, like, what are you saying there? You're saying sonically and lyrically, somebody put something together that is helping you connect with what it feels like to be in your own skin. Hmm. And you're like, this is my anthem. Some, some way this is helping me connect with my incarnation right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, re- it's helping us get to that, that deep, deep, true conversation that's in us. And that, and that I think that's what, when we can approach art mm-hmm. in our midst as something that's going to spiritually form us, as we do with communion, as we do with prayer, as we do with worship, all of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like that is, a, that is a function that it can help us with. Yes, yeah, so yeah. for example, with this image, you name not just something going on in you, but also like a vision of where you want to go, right? Because it's about forgiveness. Yeah, because so. I needed, I was like, I need, it, I need to yeah. honor the pain of this broken relationship, but I need to see a way forward. And yeah. I needed something to put in my vision, just like if you would if you're in a race yeah. or you want to see the finish line or climbing a mountain or you know, whatever, yeah. a vision board. We talk about <laughs> yes. vision boards, you know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. I, needed some, I needed a place to go yeah. and I needed something for me to help get there. Yeah. I love that because I know for me, um, I'm like a book guy. I'm a words guy. Naturally, that's my default. Yeah. So like my room has bookshelves, my house has bookshelves, but I don't actually have anything hanging on the walls, which is not intentional. I just don't think to do that. I can help you with that. Okay. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like, but what I've noticed is a couple things about words. Um, yeah. I can sometimes sort of analyze the words, mm-hmm. which maybe might prevent me from letting them work on me. Um, sometimes I can like evaluate the words of the arguments constantly and I'm, I've noticed that sometimes an image doesn't really yield itself to that kind of like I'm just yeah. gonna keep working up here which is really important because prayer yeah. can't happen just up here right yeah so um, so I want to talk about your book for a moment because you've uh, your this, actually this week is the release of Scott's new book yeah jazz hands Woo. <laughs> this is a big deal it's a big deal to have a, uh, one of the author creator of a book in town on release week eat that East Coast we got him um, sorry, I just feel really strongly <laughs> about South Bend getting yeah, some cultural goods here. Yeah, that. Okay. Yeah. So here's the deal. Uh, this Needlessly is, aggressive. Th- the book's called Prayer, 40 Days of Practice. <laughs> um, it's really beautiful. It's kind of stunning, I think. Most of the pages um, have uh, one of Scott's images and yeah. then like a one-sentence uh, prayer. And you yeah. might think, boy, that's really simple. But what I love about it is it creates so much space. That's been my experience of this book already. It yeah. kind of opens you up a little yeah. bit. And the 40 days thing is nice. Lent is around the corner, which is a season where the church traditionally moves prayerfully and thoughtfully toward remembering the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus. It's a, it's a season of intentionality. Mm-hmm. And often it's helpful to have tools, helpers, right, for the practice of Lent. And I think this is a, a really meaningful tool for that season. Yeah. What do you want to tell us about the book? Yeah, well, we... Yeah, I want to make sure as, you know, like I'm not here to hawk books, but I, am, I, I you. thank you. I appreciate that. I like an advocate. Uh, I think when we talk about prayer, it's nothing we feel like we can accomplish. Mm. It's like talking about your ab routine. Maybe Nick does a good job of it. Was Nick here? There he is. Yeah, maybe Nick does a good job, but I don't. So I have a dad tell me. No, but uh, 
Because what happens is, it, it, look, just do this. If you Google image search prayer, what you're going to get is all these images of people like doing this or in like a mountaintop sunset or something <laughs> like that. And, and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm praying at the wrong time of day. No, but what we have this idea of what prayer is mm. and like I should be on a walk by myself and then God would be like, Scott, I know what you did. You know, and that's <laughs> what prayer is. And so we try to do we try to accomplish this inner thing that we can, and we eventually just give up on it because mm. we're like, I can't do it. And it's so sad because really prayer is, is an invitation to rest in the way that makes sense for you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so, uh, look, I, we, like I read My Utmost for His Highest by Oswald Chambers. It's a great book. It's like a, so it's like a, a yearly, daily devotional. It's like five paragraphs of what to think about prayer and stuff like that. But Hey, he didn't live with the internet and iPhones, mm-hmm. and we're inundated with so much information, and so Justin and I wanted, he's my co-author, we wanted to make something that was just really simple for people, that maybe you just use like a, one, a, a sentence and an image for the day to just kind of do that excavation work. Mm-hmm. Because um, like what prayer is, is not the Psalms that we read or the songs that we do. Those are vehicles or excavation tools to get us to the content. The real content is that ever-present, ongoing conversation inside of you with God, the giver of your existence. And maybe, like, there's a doorway in each side, each one of us, to hear God's voice in our life, and that doorway is honesty. And that sounds easy, but it's, it's actually really hard. Mm. Because often we think we got to be like, the dear God of lights and heavens, uh, would you, you know, and we're not ourselves. Hmm. And, and we're, what I actually want to say is like, it sucks being in my life right now. Amen. You know, like that, I love that Anne Lamont, the author, just says my best prayers are thank you, thank you, thank you, and help, you, help me, help me, help me, <laughs> you know, and yeah. um, we, I think what we need to do when we're, when, we're, when we're talking with God is like, how do we get to that honest conversations? So maybe, like, maybe you're like, I don't know the words to use. You know, the thing about prayer is like, sometimes you have all the words. Mm-hmm. You know, you just can open up and it's like a flood of stuff comes out. And sometimes you don't have any words at all. And that's why it's helpful to have other saints throughout the ages who have written their mm-hmm. prayers down and we can use those. That's what the Psalms are for. You can use a Psalm to be like, I don't have any words, but I'm gonna let these Psalms speak the words for me. What if you need to use your favorite song, even if it's from Beyonce? Use that song <laughs> as your vehicle to have an honest, honest conversation with God. I was and then, say especially if it's Beyonce. Especially if it's Beyonce, because <laughs> it's ordained. And if it's, and then if you, some of us need images to look at. Mm. I had a season in my life where, like, I was, I didn't wasn't able to really tap into it, but I was grieving. Like some things were ending, and I was really grieving, and I. There's this like cathedral by my house, and I. Great thing about Catholics is they leave their doors open all day long, and so <laughs> I went. I could just go there, and inside is this sculpture called the Pieta, which is Mary holding the dead body of Jesus right after he came off, came off the cross. And I, for a couple of weeks, just went and sat there for like 20 minutes, 30 minutes. I didn't say anything. I didn't read anything. I didn't. Mm, I need to do. I just sat there and I let myself be worked on by that thing. It helped me get to, I just was like, I, something is dying in my life. And then I saw that like, oh, Mary, something died in her life. Some Mm -hmm. hopes, expectations, Jesus, 
died too, you know, and it, it helped me enter into this, this truth about being alive, that death happens, and yet, oh, our hope is also that something new comes out of that. Mm -hmm. And I needed, I needed to get to that honesty about something's dying, but then also to receive the hope that, but this isn't probably the end of your story. Mm -hmm. um, do you understand, like, that's the truest conversation to me. If I needed to come and be like, God, let me confess all the, like, my internet history and all the people I've secretly made fun of at the mall, or, you know, whatever you think you're supposed to do with prayer, like, I... That's not the conversation you need to have. Sometimes those are the conversations you need to have. You get it. The metaphor is dying. I'll just leave it there. You understand. <laughs> yeah, talk to me. Let's do You're this smart people. I'll give you that. Let's say, uh, let's say somebody uh, has never thought about like, praying with an image in front of them, whether yeah. it's a, a historical image or whatever. Um, and maybe they're interested in understanding that both for what it exhumes and for how it forms you. So they're interested, but they're like, honestly, I don't even know how to start. What would you tell me to do? Like actually talk me through... Yeah, we mentioned this in the book, but you could even do this with, like, art. You know, uh, when I, in Seattle, they, they have these art walks, and they'd open up with all these galleries, and I'd go with people, and they felt like they had to look at every single thing. <laughs> and I'd be like, no, there's too much. Whatever catches your attention, sit with that. It's mm -hmm. catching your attention for a reason. So even in our book, we're like, this isn't 40 days to get through. Mm -hmm. If this prayer doesn't work for today, go to the next one. Find the one that stops you and go, oh, that really hits me. Why does it hit you? What is it inviting you to? It's, it's reaching out and going, here's where the true conversation is. Come and have that conversation. So if you want to use image as a, as, a, as a method for contemplation, I don't know if, what's standing out to you. There's lots of great religious art. There's lots of great just art. In, in, uh, whatever like just has caught your attention. Maybe it's like a photograph that you saw in the news and you just, it stirred you. And it's like, use that for a few days. Um, I have a wonderful website with lots of images you can support <laughs> and see, uh, or, you know, there's different things like that. And so I, um, it is another way. Uh, often, <clears throat> I mean, most of the time we're given prayers as words. And mm -hmm. so, uh, and those are wonderful. But maybe there's a different function that you haven't experienced by letting um, a, an image, or even maybe just like a, a, a non-worded piece of music. Mm -hmm. Um, that is like exhuming you at that time. Yeah. Uh, do some explosions in the sky. That's really helpful. <laughs> uh, so, you know what I'm yep. saying? Like, just, it's, you can't get it wrong. Do you understand? You can't get prayer wrong. What you mm. can get wrong is never engaging in it. Mm. Because to never engage in it is to never try to take time to listen to the voice of God in your life, which is listening to the voice of love. Mm. And I don't know if any of us here have, are all filled up on enough love. Mm -hmm. And so making space to go, I need to listen to the voice of love and let that fill me is what the essence of prayer is. Yeah. Yeah. So we've, uh, you've talked about uh, like a visual language for prayer. Uh, we've described our mantras as portable prayers, little like three word prayers that you can take with you. So this year we really wanted to add a visual language to the mantras as prayers, which is why we commissioned Scott to create these pieces. And it was really fun because it was like we kind of pitched him the mantra, Here, here's the words, and here's a little bit of what that means for this community, good luck. Yeah. And we were like, let's see what comes from, from your visual imagination, right? Yeah. So I thought it'd be fun uh, to throw uh, one of these mantras on the screen, just talk about a little bit what you did. Okay. So let's put everyone an icon on the screen. Uh, I told yeah. Scott, you know, this is, uh, comes for us from the scriptures. Um, mm -hmm. The first word about humanity is that you bear the divine image. 
um, and that it's an assertion of dignity in our community and that it calls us to honor one another. Um, we kind of pitched that, that summary and said, so what do yeah. you got? So talk to us about what you did here. Yeah, there, uh, there's not a lot of like Trinitarian art, but uh, there's, there's some pretty famous works and some other things. This, this kind of has a nod to Celtic art where they've kind of done these circles that then make these kind of shapes. Often the, like, the circles are removed. What did you call it? The triquetra know. is the... What is it called? Triquetra. Can you say it in an Irish accent? No, I will not. <laughs> we need Ned. Is Ned here? <laughs> Can she help us out? Ned's Irish. Anyways, uh, so, there's this, so you're, you're playing with this like Trinitarian idea and, and then you're showing that it's, it's not something... Uh, a really great teacher, a Franciscan friar named Richard Rohr, he says, spiritual truths are not something that you can know through observation. You can only know them through participation. Hmm. And, you know, God is not something you can just know through ideas, but God invites us to know hmm. through experience. You know, Jesus says, hey, when I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. And they're like, when did we do that? And he's like, when you gave somebody who was hungry something to eat. Mm -hmm. That's where I was. And we're being invited to discover God through the actual incarnational experience, in the actual activity. Like, there's no mountain you can go to and be like, there's God, you know? God's like hiding out in, all, in these like spaces between interactions. And so everyone as an icon is, is uh, inviting us into that mystery and, and to go, um, is to go, I want to I know God, and, and God's hiding out in my neighbor. Mm. Um, and so, and we talked about this before, but so how do you work with this? Because you can see, oh, great. Here's some questions we could ask of ourselves. Who do I do this with already? You know, who, who, are, the, who are the people I'm doing this with? It could very much be this community or some close group of friends. Then we can take it a step farther and go, who's not in this for me? Or yeah. who do I not want to be there? Yeah. <laughs> Because what happens if they got invited into that? Oh gosh, I'd have to change my opinion about them. Maybe all the assumptions I had about them would fall away. Are they invited into that? That's the, con you know, that's yeah. the thing. That's the thing that's working us. Yeah. That's what we're being invited to. That's the place that God wants to heal us, yeah. is all those, all those things. So, yeah, that's, yeah. So, does that make sense about how we can kind of use these things mm -hmm. to kind of excavate, exhume those, those narratives in us in those conversations. I've told Scott, I, one thing I see when I look at this that I love is I, I see them kind of bowing their heads toward one another, mm -hmm. which is a posture of honor, right? Mm -hmm. Like in a lot of culture, you bow toward one another in, in honor. And I, when I meditate on this image, I, I think of how it is that like that Trinitarian picture of God is revealed when, when we enact that, you know? And then I think about your questions, which are really hard for me, like mm. who would I have the hardest time um, offering that to? And maybe that's precisely the space where God wants to reveal God's self. Yeah. yeah, I hate that. That's really hard, man. Yeah. How dare he? How dare he? Yep. Ask us to do that. I love it, man. <laughs> well, Scott, uh, we're grateful for you being here today. Grateful Thank for you. your time. Uh, Scott will be behind the curtain after the gathering if you want to say hi, if you want to, both the book and there's some artwork there if you'd like to take some artwork home. Yeah. Uh, that's all available. It's been an utter joy to be all of your new best friends. So oh, thanks for having it. me. Will you guys help me say here. thanks to Scott? It's been great. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. If you have time after the gathering, I'd totally encourage you to like, go over and look at the paintings for a moment. It's something to see. It's a little more visual depth to like a hand-painted piece than the, the print cards that we've had. 
Um, if you want to say hi to Scott, uh, please take a minute and tell him thanks for being here and being with us. It's a long trip that he's had, and he's going home to family tonight. Uh, may you never stop listening to the conversation that love is having that we call prayer. May you both um, have your inner world exhumed, and may you be called out to the life that we have been made for. And may you know the grace and peace of God today. Grace and peace be with you. Amen. Love you guys. See you next week.